Welcome to another episode of the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast. I'm Pamela and I breed British Shorthairs in Perth, Western Australia. I have a real passion for cat breeding and exhibiting and I want to share my knowledge and experience with you. I'm on a mission to help new cat breeders go from feeling intimidated, confused and having trouble getting started to confidently breeding happy and healthy cats whilst enjoying this amazing hobby. Before we get started, make sure you visit my website and download your copy of my helpful guide, Advice to New Breeders, where experienced breeders share some great tips they wish someone told them when they started breeding. You can find the link on my homepage at www.catbreedingforbeginners.com. Just look for the picture of Angelica with her kittens. A few years ago, I was at a national show and often at national shows, they have a conference afterwards where they have people come to talk and share information. Um, they get some of the food companies come along and talk about new diets that are available for your cats. And you get some really interesting information and presentations. And one of the presentations that I saw going back a few years now was from Dr. Richard Malik. Now, Dr. Richard Malik is an amazing, amazing vet. He is a professor at the Sydney University and he has been um, at the forefront of FIP um, treatment protocols here in Australia. And it's just amazing because those protocols, I've shared them with everybody. Um, all the members in my new Cat Breeders Club have them. Um, they have been um, updated regularly and we've got really amazing um, breakthroughs in terms of treating cats for FIP. And Dr. Richard Malik has been really um, working on that really hard here in Australia. And he's a really good public speaker. If you ever get a chance to um, listen to him speak, it's really worthwhile because he's a really interesting guy to listen to and he presents really well. And one of the things that has always stuck with me from that particular meeting, that particular um, conference, was his theory about old stud cats. So old stud cats. I talk a lot about when you have breeding cats and you're no longer breeding from them that you should retire them to a really wonderful pet home. And that seems like having old stud cats might be the opposite of that. But it's kind of not. And it's something that I've actually subscribed to and done in my own breeding plans. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what that means. Now, when um, you have stud cats, and you know stud cats seem to be my speciality, stud cats make a big contribution to your breeding program because a boy can go to a lot of girls. Um, and so often, after you've had a boy for a little while, um, you don't need him anymore because you've got all of his daughters. So we retire those stud cats and they move on. And I also have another situation, which I'll talk about probably in another podcast, which is what I call the, um, you know, I have one hit wonder type of boys, um, the stepping stone cats, and those boys do retire early as well. But I've always had another type of stud cat, and that has been my old stud cats. Now, my old stud cats tend to be my stud cats that have great personalities, um, that are very happy in their life, that, in, that are not um, stressed out about being kept as a stud, that are very happy to go to shows, um, that are just have a good temperament for it, good health. Um, they keep themselves clean. They're not filthy. Um, they don't, you know, they don't do it. Well, I guess they do sometimes make a bit of a mess. The two that I'm thinking of that I did keep till quite a, quite an old age both used to poop on the floor, but at least they peed in their trays. Um, so those are cats that, that are comfortable being stud cats. They're good with the girls. Um, they don't cause me any stress. Those boys, 
are also fabulous boys to have there for matings because all of those traits that make them good stud cats will also make them good um will make a good contribution to the temperament and behavior of their kittens so they're worth keeping for that purpose as well but then you get to the old stud cat factor and the old stud cat stud cat factor is about this if a cat can make it to seven eight 9, 10, 11, 12 years old without having a health issue that takes him out of the gene pool, i.e. passes away, um, you know, gets sick, then that cat has pretty good DNA. And you want to keep that DNA and pass that DNA on. So with cats that we desex early, we don't know what's going to happen with them. We don't know what has happened with them. But cats that we've kept to an older age, we know that they're kind of they're, we know that they're capable of getting to that age. Um, so really, um, and I we did have discussions about this after the conference. We um, you know groups of breeders were talking about this topic, and if someone even suggested you could, um, and I'm I'm not, I don't know that I would ever do this. I don't like the use of this particular. Um, medication but you could actually have a stud cat that is born um, and maybe has a litter of two or you might want to wait especially if you have I think this would be a situation where if you have a, something that could be probable in your breed but you don't have an easy way to test for it so you don't have a DNA test for a heart condition but a heart condition is super prevalent in your breed and it only shows up when the cats are six years old you could have a cat that you could keep till six years old and not have any matings from him. You could use something like Superlorin, which I don't love, and I don't think a cat on Superlorin should be shown. So it's not going to be a show cat, it's just going to be a breeding cat. But you could actually have a cat that you do something like that with to keep them on ice really until they're older. And then once they've got past that, that age period where the thing that you're trying to avoid would have shown up, um, that then you could breed from the cat. And so these are the discussions that we had. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but these are discussions that we had. And this is worth bringing up as a subject to be discussed again, really. Um, but if you have an older cat that's that's made it past that sort of age, and I've had cats that have been stud cats till they're 12. I recently dissected a stud cat who was nine um, and still very healthy boys. The 12-year-old is now um, 15 and the nine-year-old is now 10. Um, so really those last matings that I had from them, I was pretty confident that the kittens that were going to come from them were going to be pretty healthy and have a good long life because their stud cat fathers had. And so that's a way of, um, of you know, getting some extra DNA into breeding breeding gene pool that is, um, you know, proven, proven to be of... Of value in terms of the longevity of the cat's life. Um, now, you don't even have to keep your own old stud cats because a lot of the time when you're a new breeder, and obviously my audience is new breeders, you can't have an old stud cat because you've only just got your stud cats and they're babies. And so you don't have that opportunity. But what you do have is if you get out there and get involved in the cat fancy, you have the option and availability sometimes of other people's stud cats. And that's certainly the case for some of my friends here in Perth. I have friends who are reasonably new breeders and they have been able to use my old stud cats. 
they've been able to take advantage of the fact that I've kept cats a bit longer and they've been able to get a little bit of a head start that way. So it's something to think about. It is a bit controversial. You know, should you should you keep a cat and not use a cat for a period of time and make them have to live that life as a stud cat just for the sake of you then using them when they're six? I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, there are certainly some cats that that really, really cope well with being stud cats and that tends to be the cats that I've kept longer term. Um, there are other cats, I guess the situation could arise where there's other cats that you need to keep because they're not rehomeable for whatever reason. Um, and then those cats may stay with you longer. So then they may as well stay with you entire as opposed to desexing them. Um, I don't know. Would you then pass those traits if it's not a trait that would be passed on to the kitten? And some traits, you know, like the fact that my stud cats, my older stud cats were pooping on the floor. That's not something that's going to be passed on to their kittens. That's just something that's because they're stud cats. That as soon as the desexing happened, it stopped. Well, it stopped for one of them. One of them still does it every now and again. Um, so, you know, the, there's some things to think about there and it's a bit of an interesting discussion and a conversation. And I think I'd love to hear from other people what they think about this because it's um, not something I've heard discussed for a few years now. But the idea of keeping cats till they're a bit older um, and, you know, then using that as a way to tell that they've actually got healthy genes, it's just something to think about. And I'd love to hear your comments on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I know that a lot of established breeders listen to my podcast as well. So if you've got some, maybe some personal stories to share about what you've done in terms of keeping older studs, I'd love to hear about that too. Um, my own personal experience is I have a mix. I have I have boys that are older. I have boys that are younger. I have ones I do sex early. I have ones I do sex late. I don't subscribe to a hard and fast rule that says you should or shouldn't do this. Um, yeah, so that's a topic maybe to have a little bit of a thought-provoking topic for you today. Um, and I hope you enjoyed that and had some have some thoughts of your own. I'd love to hear them. If you've got any comments or questions, um, just comment here or you can find me on my socials. Um, just look up Cat Breeding for Beginners. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and now I'm on TikTok if you want to find me there as well. Okay, bye guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you visit www.catbreedingforbeginners.com where you can find articles, guides, courses and more. Plus, make sure you check out my amazing new cat breeders club. It's a supportive space where new cat breeders can learn, share and help each other. I only take new members a few times a year, so sign up to make sure you don't miss out.